Hi listeners, I hope you're all having a wonderful week this week. Welcome back to Look to See Me, a podcast that invites you to look closer at the lives of people around you and to take time to hear their stories. I'm Chris Peppel, and today I'm going to talk about something that's really very personal to me, financial abuse. I'm going to tell you first about one of my favorite athletes and how she is addressing this issue. Tennis star Serena Williams has teamed up with the Allstate Foundation Purple Purse Project to help us all understand the devastating effects of financial abuse and give us an opportunity to share conversations about how we can bring this tragedy to an end. Now, if you go to purplepurse.com, you can find more information about domestic violence. Let's just kind of go over a few basics here. Domestic abuse is defined as any pattern of coercive, controlling behavior of one partner over another. One of the many harmful forms of domestic violence is called financial abuse. And this is where abusers limit or prevent access to financial resources, like bank accounts or job opportunities. This is one of the main reasons that victims stay in or return to an abusive relationship. Allstate Foundation Purple Purse is committed to bringing domestic violence and financial abuse out of the shadows by educating family, friends, and colleagues of victims. Their website provides statistics about this tragedy in our nation that has existed since the founding of our nation, and it is really still a hidden source of trauma for many men and women in our communities today. Abuse is not limited to one race or one economic group or one gender or city or suburban area or rural area. It penetrates all of our communities, and this really needs to be addressed. You can download the Purple Purse brochure from their website and get more information, but I want to focus on one aspect that they are highlighting with the help of Serena Williams that financial abuse that so often goes hand-in-hand with domestic violence. Financial abuse, as we said, is one of the least known, but one of the most powerful tactics to keep a victim from leaving a relationship. A victim of financial abuse may have their spending tightly monitored or restricted by their partner, like giving them an unreasonable allowance or not letting them have their own money. They might have their job jeopardized or their credit ruined by their partner. They might be excluded from any of the major budget decisions or even the minor budget decisions. Financial abuse helps the abuser maintain control of the victim. It's a very effective tool even after the victim has left the abuser. The abuser often takes satisfaction in knowing that they can help keep the victim from achieving their goals or recovering from the abuse. And it's because of this financial control. They can keep the life of the uh, victim in chaos. Here are some examples of financial abuse that I have seen reported from others. Cutting the victim out of the health insurance policy without any warning so that cancer treatments cannot continue on track or that Medication for diabetes or any other illness cannot be purchased. There's the ruining of credit scores, so victims have a hard time renting an apartment. 
withdrawing all funds from retirement accounts, defaulting on joint loans, having phone services cut off, allowing car insurance to lapse on purpose without any notice. So all of a sudden the person is uninsured and may even be possibly stopped and ticketed. Uh, spreading rumors so that a victim is unjustly fired or if they're not fired, you're creating enough chaos in the victim's life so that holding a job is really a challenge. And then there's the common continued form of financial abuse is refusing to pay child support. Now, yes, courts address these issues. You say that you know people all the time that are ordered to pay child support. And if it's just in a divorce, which is sad in and of itself, two parties may be able to work together. If they're both, if neither one of them are an abuser or a victim, then they work together to secure the child's best interest, hopefully, and they're each willing to do what is necessary financially to support the children. So we're not talking about just a typical divorce here. We're talking about an abusive situation where one person is using finances to keep the life of the other person in chaos. So again, don't don't think, well, you know, my brother has to pay child support or, you know, I my best friend gets child support. We're not talking about a typical divorce here. We're talking about a very powerful abuser who wants to continue the abuse even though the victim is trying to leave. So again, yes, courts address these issues. But often by the time the court has heard the case and worked to resolve the issue, the effects are beyond repair without extreme assistance from others. And the victims often don't have resources available to them to get that assistance, or they don't know where to seek. They don't have the ability to go find these resources. So again, you know, you've got to remember in our court system, people can stall all of the time. You know, they can call uh, for delays in the trial. They can call for added time, give all kinds of excuses just anything to stall. So it's just a continued form of abuse that adds chaos to the life of the victim who is trying to rebuild their life, trying to find resources, trying to raise children. Serena Williams worked with the Allstate Foundation Purple Purse to film a short video that sheds light on this financial abuse. The videos can be found on YouTube if you haven't seen them. The videos point out that financial abuse is an invisible weapon. It's often unseen abuse. People that are around the victim often don't even know this is occurring. And it's often why a victim can't leave or can't succeed when they do leave. As the video says, not all abuse is visible. The Allstate Foundation Purple Purse has teamed up with Tennis Champion and Allstate Foundation Purple Purse Ambassador Serena Williams to raise awareness of financial abuse. It's a type of abuse that happens in 99% of domestic violent cases, yet nearly 50% of all Americans don't even know the details about it. Allstate Foundation and Serena Williams ask all of us to empower victims in our community by donating to help nearly 300 domestic violence nonprofits to provide life-changing services to survivors. Again, if you go to their website or look at the link on these videos, the foundation provides a list of nonprofits that are working with victims and survivors to change lives. And you may know of someone in your community who's doing a wonderful job of this. 
I want to take a minute to give you a personal glimpse at what financial abuse looks like. I've really stalled for a long time doing this podcast. I think telling the story of someone else is easier than telling our own story. I want to be really clear. I am not going to name my abuser. And this is not about any type of revenge. I am only going to state the facts here. I am not going to go into any other type of abuse. And I don't, I truly don't harbor any hate. Uh, Forgiveness is a powerful tool that has helped me go forward. But if I don't speak up, my voice can't help to make a difference. So the first thing you need to know is that I was married to my abuser. He had access to all of my personal information and accounts. While we were married, we both continued our education. While I was getting my degree, he took out large loans from my institution and in my name to gain living expenses. He then used our funds to pay off his student loans. He would drain our funds so that we could never pay on any of the loans that showed in my name. The interest grew on those to a ridiculously high number. But again, he controlled our finances. He cashed his paychecks rather than deposit them in our accounts. He shopped for the groceries. He controlled all the money. He made it impossible for me to use my degree to start a career that would bring in money. By the time we had two children, he controlled all of the insurance, everything. All of the funds had been taken out of my retirement account, and the savings accounts were depleted. Now, I honestly don't know where the money went. We did not own much. Nice things were not coming into the house. We didn't take expensive trips. I truly received no benefit from his spending, and I truly can say I do not know where any of those funds went. I just know that we were in extreme debt. When I finally found a way out and when he left, the debt was huge. Now in Tennessee, the debt is split. So I took on half of the credit card debts, plus the debt that looked like my student loan. I had paid off the actual school loans that I borrowed from my education with funds that I had hidden from him. But he really laughed when he stuck me with that large debt. And the judge and the lawyer never took time to see the power of his financial abuse. And they also didn't look to see the fact that I had no access to fight this. I did not have funds to pay my lawyer. I didn't have enough money coming in to continue to pay court fees. So I could not argue with this decision. So here's what happened in the 14 years following that first decision where I was left in debt raising two kids. In 2005, he was first ordered to pay child support. He had to pay half of the medical bills and to carry the dental insurance through his employer for both kids. He was ordered to carry a life insurance policy on himself that the kids would benefit from if he passed away. This is pretty standard in circuit court in Tennessee. In July 2006, he received his first contempt of court for non-payment of child support, and he also wasn't paying for any other medical expenses. He had also dropped their dental insurance, and I learned that he also dropped the life insurance policy. Now you say, well there, he got a contempt of court. But realistically, if you look back at all the court records and everything, you can follow this trail and see that I'm being honest with you. The court did nothing to follow up on the contempt of court. 
he had no consequences at all. In Tennessee, in order to ask the circuit court to follow up, I had to pay the initial court costs, and I had to hire my lawyer to help with paperwork in order to go back before the judge and ask them to follow up on the contempt of court. So I eventually did that, and in November of 2006, he failed to appear in court, and he had the ruling against him for failure to pay child support. Again, though, there was no consequences at all. He did not have his wages garnished. Circuit court didn't look for him. They legally could have taken away his driver's license, his passport, and they could have garnished his wages and followed up with him. But I would have had to go back to court again and ask them to do so and hired my lawyer to help me process the paperwork to do that. So as a single mother, I didn't readily have those resources. Now let's fast forward to 2015. I'm still a single mother, raising two kids alone. All of these years have passed, paying all of their dental and medical bills, having to put some on credit cards, raising my own debt while not paying down any of the others, not having any extra to put in savings. I had to borrow from people when I was desperate, and I had to accept charity at times. In September of 2015, I was able to go back to court. He gets another contempt of court, and it is ruled that he is more than $95,000 behind in payments. And this is child support alone. This wasn't any medical that added up. This wasn't compensating for the fact that he didn't pay for dental. His wages still are not garnished. So really all I got was a piece of paper saying I won in circuit court in Tennessee. He didn't have any consequences. In September of 2016, he got another contempt of court for non-payment. In January of 2017, he got a criminal contempt of court. He did show up for court this time and made a plea. He offered to pay me half of his tax refund, which was coming soon, supposedly, and to start making payments. He never did it either. The court never looked for him. There was no consequences for his continued financial abuse. He just went on life as normal. In 2017, I could not scrape up enough money for lawyer fees to go back and process this criminal contempt of court. I can't afford to go back before the circuit court judge at all. So I find out that I can transfer the case to juvenile court and I can go without a lawyer. They eventually looked for him about eight months after I initiated the paperwork. So eight months have passed with still nothing. They finally start a process to garnish his wages. But of course, he immediately left that job. And I have to keep refiling the paperwork, asking them to use his social security number to try to track him. We eventually go before the juvenile court judge, who really just couldn't sort out anything. Uh, we had history from 2006. He couldn't sort it out. They never could find the paperwork that says he had three contempt of courts, even though the court clerk did find it and tried to submit that information. The juvenile court judge decided he would just go off what he could see without referring back to that. And he never allowed me to show the paperwork that said a criminal contempt of court was charged against him. So... We go before a couple of times. The judge is frustrated trying to figure out this long history 
of uh, court cases ever since 2006. So he since starts to send us out into the hall to just work out a deal ourselves. Now, of course, we had worked out deals many times, but an abusive person is never going to follow through with that deal. So I basically, in order to just get out of court, have to settle for almost nothing. And that almost nothing is still not being followed up on. So the latest event was that circuit court finds out that I've been to juvenile court and that I've moved the case from circuit court to juvenile court. They know that I can't pay my lawyer to go back before their judge. So my lawyer goes and before the judge and they drop all of the pending contempt of court with zero consequences for him. So it shows that it happened, but it shows that it was dropped. All of those contempts of court, all those years of fighting for non-payment of child support, he has no consequences at all. That, dear listeners, is what financial abuse looks like. That's how an abuser continues to bring chaos into the life of a victim. When I have spoken up, I have been judged for my own poverty. I have been lectured by people on what I should have done, but yet no one has stood with me through these court cases and through his continuing abuse and taken time to really understand this issue. So I'm asking you, go to the Allstate Foundation Purple Purse website and learn more. Watch Serena Williams's videos. Learn what women like me face and why we struggle. More than anything, Help make the courts accountable for allowing financial abuse to continue. It may not be this way in all states, but I know in Tennessee that our circuit court system allows the abuse to go on for years. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my Look to See Me podcast, and I really hope you'll return for the next episode.